Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You are listening to Rum Bunter Radio. We're going to call this episode number 99 and a half. It is a half. It is not episode 100 quite yet. We are going to have some special guests for the century, Mark. We are not quite there, but we are excited to join you guys again as the Pirates are now into spring training games coming up this weekend. A lot to talk about. A crazy day as we record on Tuesday, February the 21st. Uh, But, you know, Marty, this is kind of like Christmas this last week. You get the presents, you get to open them, you get to kind of figure out what you got a little bit. And obviously, after such a wild offseason, there were some questions of what this was going to look like, who was going to make an impact, what these veterans were going to mean for the organization. And of course, as the team got to Bradenton, we knew most of the questions were going to be surrounding Brian Reynolds. Excited to get into that tonight. You know, to get into what this first week has meant, uh, you know, I guess really these first couple of weeks now, after pitchers and catchers reported, uh, excited to talk about the return of Andrew McCutcheon in black and gold. Uh, just everything going on in the world of Pirates baseball. And as we get into the show tonight, guys, please check out rumbunter.com when you get the chance and follow us on Rumbunter as well. Marty, how you doing? I know uh, there might be some tainted water, some crazy stuff going on near Western Pennsylvania, but I hope you're all right, man. Yeah, no, I'm doing pretty well. Um, Can avoid the uh, the tap water here for a few weeks. Uh, I'm about two hours uh, east of East Palestine there, so you know we'll we'll, we'll head your bets there. Um, obviously, I feel like before we get too deep into the show tonight, um, have to give a little bit of a shout out to the. Uh, Medical staff down there, Pirate City today. We haven't had with that fan responding as quickly as they did. Glad to see it looks like that gentleman's going to be all right. Um, I mean, obviously, still keep the guy in your thoughts and prayers for the next day or two. He's in the clear, but it seems like he'll be okay there. Scary scene there. And uh, again, kudos to the, to the Pirate medical staff for jumping in as quickly as they did when the fan had the cardiac arrest incident in the outfield and been making sure he's going to be okay. But yeah, you know, outside of that, it's just exciting that baseball. It's exciting to see videos on your Twitter timeline of, you know, the crack of the bat and, um, my, my oldest son's been having pony league practice since about November. So I've, I've kind of had it ingrained in me for a while. Took a, took a pretty mean liner thrown batting practice a few weeks ago. So, you know, at that point you're, you're fully in baseball mode, but it's good to see it in Florida. It's good to see spring training. And June and I were talking about before we went on the air here. Well, we're recording this Tuesday night. By the time you're listening, it's probably Wednesday or Thursday and Saturday against the blue Jays, grapefruit league season's underway. So there's going to be some baseball to watch here before you know it. Yeah, college baseball is already back, and uh, I'm glad to hear you're doing better, Marty. I wanted to check in on the line drive injury, uh, but it did signal baseball season, and it's, you know, so exciting every time, uh, you know, this part of the year comes around, the Super Bowl wraps up, you know, baseball is up. Um, You know, and and like you mentioned, big kudos this morning as uh, Ernie Withers, a guest of the Pirates, had a scary, scary deal there. Want to be sure to get this right, guys. Big shout out to Dr. Patrick Medeo along with Todd Tomzik as well. Big part in, uh, you know, making sure that our guy Ernie Withers was responsive and he is in the hospital recovering now. So in our thoughts and prayers 
hoping for a quick recovery there. Uh, but, you know, outside of that, there's been a lot of positive headlines coming out of Bradenton. We see Carmen Majinski out of circle change, Andrew McCutcheon, a potentially a future second baseman. No, but it is fun to see what he's been able to do so far. Just reconnecting with the fans, reconnecting with the organization and, you know, some veterans as well, like Rich Hill. Saw a picture out today showing some of the youngsters, um, you know, the ropes of this game. But let's start with Brian Reynolds. This has been, you know, one of the only other negative headlines. I believe it was last Wednesday uh, in his media availability. His party still unhappy, still requesting a trade. Obviously, the Pirates not meeting the standard of what Reynolds and his team would like. Uh, but Marty, you know, do they at any point meet that mark, meet that that dollar range that Reynolds is looking for? At this point, I'm losing hope. Uh, but, you know, time is also ticking here. And you figure something has got to be done here soon. Bob Nutty arrived in Bradenton yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I will say there's definitely got to be more optimism now than there was at any point in the offseason um, about something maybe potentially getting done there. I mean, you have Reynolds coming to spring training and saying he's still uh, still open to getting something done long term, still would like to be in Pittsburgh long term, um, and just ultimately said he wants a deal that's fair for both sides. He doesn't want an overly player-friendly deal, doesn't want an overly team-friendly deal, wants to meet somewhere in the middle. Um, now, I mean, obviously him meeting with Bob Nutting, people can take that, have whatever reaction they want to that. It can't be a bad thing. Um, yeah, I, I think that do, do I necessarily think something's going to get done for a long-term extension with Brian Reynolds before the season starts? No, I do not. But at the same time, there's probably at least, uh, the door has been cracked open a little bit now where, you know, until everybody, all parties got the Bradenton, we're able to kind of set down and hash things out. That door seemed to be slammed shut and locked. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, they needed to get down to Florida and there was some positive news. Our group message was buzzing that, you know, things kind of seemed like they were turning around and it seemed like they were going to work out for a moment there. And, you know, like you said, in those quotes uh, from Reynolds, he talked about how much he loved Pittsburgh, how much, uh, you know, he would love to be in Pittsburgh for a long time, play with the Pirates, um, you know, for as long as they'll have them. But they have to meet the price range that he is looking for. Um, but, you know, this is a guy that I think, in the long run, would be a perfect fit, obviously. It's been a, a dream career so far. Down here in 2020, of course, but there was a lot going on there. Uh, but overall, you just absolutely love what Brian Reynolds has done for this club. You have his trade piece back in Andrew McCutcheon now. You'd love for this team to work out a deal. Obviously, the return is probably going to be outstanding. Maybe it's not quite enough for a guy like Brian Reynolds. Um, but, you know, at this point, I think everybody is in the camp of wanting Brian Reynolds and the Pirates to figure out some sort of deal. We had a little discussion in our own group message this week. Is this a worry from the front office that they're going to set a standard? You know, if they not necessarily sell out, but pay a high dollar amount to a guy like Brian Reynolds, are they worried that this just opens the door to them not being able to do this in the future? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think if you're the front office, you just, the, the one and only approach you take to this is you go into it thinking you're going to try and continue to negotiate with Reynolds. And if you get a deal done that you fair, feel is fair, you agree to it. And that that's all that matters. Um, I, I don't. And to me too, and this is kind of getting off topic. I mean, not off topic still about Reynolds, but kind of taking a little bit of a different direction. And I think that puts the pirates in a tough spot is I think we all agree 
we all expect this team to take a step forward on the field this year. Um, and let's say that happens. Let's say you jump to 73, 74, 75 wins and you have a young core set to return next year. And you're thinking, you know, we got a shot to compete with the postseason 2024. And I mean, it may sound crazy right now, but none of that is really all that outlandish. Um, you're then really put in a tough spot with Reynolds because to trade him away then would really be a tough, tough pill to swallow. Um, I mean, you go back, it's not, it's, it's nowhere near trading McCutcheon for so many reasons. But when you traded McCutcheon, when you traded Garrett Cole, it was clear the direction you were taking the franchise at that point. And it was kind of weird because you traded those guys and you came out and had a winning season and, and almost stuck into the playoffs anyway. But it was clear you were thinking rebuild at that point. At this point, you shouldn't be thinking rebuild anymore. Once you get on the other side of this season, you should no longer be thinking rebuild. So to trade Reynolds at that point, It'd be a tough pill to swallow on that front. But yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I think the Pirates' best bet right now is you continue to leave those lines of communication open with Reynolds and his representation, continue to talk. I mean, ultimately, I think if, and do I think the Pirates can offer this? No, because they've never gone anywhere near this with a player before. And I don't think they're going to go anywhere near this with a player not named O'Neill Cruz. If you would do something like seven years at, 15, 16, 17 million a year, which they could easily afford. I think there's probably a pretty good shot that would get it done. Um, you know, if you look at the everything that was kind of reported and speculated, what the, the overall speculation was that the Pirates probably offered about $75 million to Reynolds and that the two sides were roughly 40 to 50 million apart. Um, and what Reynolds was looking for overall. So, I mean, just do the math. You add 40 to 50 million to that 75, you know, it puts you in that 115 to 120 range. So, again, I think you offer seven years something worth 15, 16 million a year, which would come out to 115 to 120 total. I think you could get it done, but I, I don't know. I don't necessarily think it's going to happen. I just, it, the Pirates really have are in a tough spot with Reynolds right now. And, and unless an extension is made or he's traded before the regular season happens, neither of which I expect to happen. Um, it's just going to become a more and more difficult situation to navigate. But at the no same doubt. time, I, I will say, even though the, the main driving force behind Reynolds requesting the trade always seemed to be the contract, always seemed to be wanting to get a long-term deal and feeling he's not going to get his worth in Pittsburgh. If they are trending upward as a major league product and as a team, you know, I'm sure that it's not necessarily going to make Reynolds more likely to take in the long-term deal and extension, but I'm sure it's going to make it a lot easier for him to, uh, you know, just uh, accept or be on board with remaining in Pittsburgh for the next two years. Excuse me after this one that he has remaining on, on his contract that is now. That's a great point. I mean, it would make sense for Reynolds, uh, you know, to continue to let this thing grow and be the leader of, what has been a rebuild that, you know, we've slided at times and broken down in all different kinds of ways, but ultimately you still feel confident if you're able to make this deal work. And I think, you know, that 15 a year, 17 a year range is more than fair, uh, but it is a pirate. So, you know, we're going to have to see on that, um, you know, and, and for Brian Reynolds and for the pirates, at least too, I think this is just, you know, so desirable to do because while you get this rebuild going and, you know, while you're looking at other guys like O'Neill Cruz and, you know, other dudes that you'd like to re-sign as well, 
you want to show that you're able to give them that dollar amount. Brian Reynolds, in a way, is going off of stereotypes or, you know, just really going off of the past of what the Pirates have been, what the Pirates have not been able to do. And like you said, the timing was way different with Garrett Cole, with Andrew McCutcheon. Um, obviously, you know, re-signing them would not have made sense with uh, with the direction they were trying to go at that point. But this is, you know, an entirely different direction. You are in full rebuild mode. Uh, it is a 3.9% chance on fan graphs to make the playoffs this season for the Pirates at this moment. But, you know, like you said, after this year, you're looking to contend to an extent with such a shitty division. Excuse my French. You hope that uh, they really start to turn that corner, you know, maybe even later on in this season as well. Uh, but, you know, real quick, while we talk contracts, Cody Duncan, staff writer, go check out his work as well. Brought up on Twitter today. Is this the time to, to throw the house at O'Neill Cruz, a guy that could potentially have a 30-30 season, a guy that, you know, we understand the potential of and is primed for greatness here in the near future? Do you go ahead and try to get that deal done now before it's, you know, almost impossible with what could happen this season? I mean, I think if you're the Pirates, you want to try and get out in front of this. You want to try and get something done. I mean, we saw them do that with Starling Marte. Um, we saw them do it with Gregory Polanco. Obviously, those two contracts are completely different results in the long run. But this is what you want to do as a small market team. Um, and in, in, in a way, we saw them do it last spring with Key Brian Hayes. You know, even offensive shortcomings aside, right now, Hayes' value would be greater than what he signed for because of his defense alone. Um, you want to get out in front of it. You, you don't want to give the guy an unfair contract, but you want to try and get him signed before his price tag just skyrockets. And, you know, if we're having this conversation six months from now, hell, if we're having this conversation three months from now, depending on what Cruz is doing, it could be completely different. Um, so, yeah, I don't think it's a bad idea to try and get out in front of it, try and get a long-term deal done with Cruz sooner rather than later, preferably before the season. And if you can, it, it – to me, it's similar to Hayes. It would be similar to Hayes. And with Key Brian Hayes, even that bat doesn't come around, he's going to give you astronomical value defensively. Maybe the best defensive player in baseball. With Cruz, even if the defense is sluggish and he's striking out a lot, he's going to hit 30 to 40 home runs a year. He's going to steal a ton of bases. He's an athletic freak. There's still tons of value in that. So that's where it is a low risk, high reward type of deal that I think you want to try and get done as soon as you can. If you're the pirates. I'm with you. I mean, obviously, you know, there are struggles in the minors at times and numbers wise, you could argue uh, against it, but the time is now, in my opinion, get them on the bargain. Like you said, it doesn't always work out. Gregory Polanco, one of our favorites to talk about on here, especially early on in this podcast, but um, you know, the guy like O'Neill Cruz, the, Sky is the limit there. So say so go ahead and get a deal done as well. Going to be really interesting to, to follow this as, uh, you know, it continues to unfold here. But, but as we transition, Marty, I got to give a shout out. Not a lot of Pirates fans in South Carolina where I grew up, uh, but there were some excellent Pirates fans that I was fortunate to be around. U.S. history, my junior year, uh, my teacher, Miss Jamie Fuller, one of the best Pirates fans you'll meet. Every time the Pirates had a big moment, made the playoffs, uh, I, I guess clenched a winning record was that season as well. Won a playoff game. She would bring the class donuts. 
Uh, but the kids haven't had donuts in quite some time, Marty, and that is because of this rebuild. Now we turn the corner. We get to spring training, and a lot is going on here. What are you most looking forward to? And, uh, you know, what have you seen so far as, as far as, you know, some of the newcomers, the signees, and, and how they're meshing with a lot of this young talent? Well, I mean, to start with what you've seen so far in spring training, I think what has to excite you most as a Pirate fan, I know people don't like to hear this stuff, but it's it's true, is this presence and this leadership we're seeing from these veteran guys. Rather, it's Rich Hill pulling Johan Oviedo's side after bullpen session, which Oviedo's curveball wasn't working right, and showing him some different grips and arm angles. Rather, it's Austin Hedges working with Andy Rodriguez and Henry Davis, or even with some of the pitchers. Rather, it's Andrew McCutcheon. To, to me, maybe my personal favorite is it has seemed like Key Brian Hayes and O'Neill Cruz have been attached to the hip of Andrew McCutcheon. Let them soak up from Cutch what it's like to be the face of a franchise. You know, l- let them learn these things. The the guidance and the leadership that Carlos Santana can bring to some of these young Latin guys like a Cruz, like a Rodolfo Castro, like a Rolando Contreras. It's going to be invaluable, and the seed already is great. Um, and again, I know that's not what people want to hear about. I know it's boring. People, well, is leadership going to win baseball games? Well, first off, it can. Um, and second off, it's important. These, these guys need to learn this stuff. I mean, you look at the last time the Pirates were competitive, That's there was a lot of talent there, but until Russell Martin came along, until A.J. Burnett came along and changed that clubhouse, they weren't winning games, you know, so that, that matters. As for what I'm most excited for moving forward, for me, it's just going to be watching as the season progresses, this young talent, can O'Neill Cruz take another step? Um, him or Adolfo Castro, I think are two guys that are going to be compared a lot throughout the year. When they slump together, they're going to play middle infield together. And both of them, their last 200 or so played appearances last year, look like guys turning a corner and taking a big step forward. Can that continue? Um, when these young arms get up here, Quinn Priester, Mike Burrows, Luis Ortiz, Colin Selby in the bullpen, um, what can they do? Can they help right this ship? Oviedo, I, he was phenomenal last September. Excited to see what he does. Um, you know, the catching duo. By the end of the year, the Pirates might have the most offensively dynamic catching duo in baseball. So let's see what these guys do. There's a lot of young talent that's coming. There's a lot of reason to believe that this team can be – you know, pretty, pretty solid by the end of the year and definitely be trending in the right direction. Um, let, let's see what happens. Uh, there, There's one of the big difference between this year and recent years under Ben Charrington is that, and we saw it to an extent last year. Oh, excuse me, but as this season progresses, we should really start, to see these young guys rise, this cream rise to the top, and really get an idea of who this core is moving forward. And even that alone should excite Pirate fans because they're there. I, and I know I've said it before, but things are going to go one of two ways this year. Either we're going to get into September and that light is going to be at the end of the tunnel of this rebuild. You're going to be building the excitement for 2024 or you're going to be looking for a new manager and your general manager is probably going to be in a hot seat. It's going to go one of two ways this year. So let's hope it's the former and not the latter, because if it is, um, it'll be an exciting year in Pittsburgh. And, you, you know, one other, one other thing too, that like you have to mention a pirate fan to be excited for 
barring injuries or something crazy, Andrew McCutcheon's going to get his 400th double, his 300th home run, and his 2000th hit this season, um, and potentially pretty early in the season. I think he needs he needs eight doubles, 13 home runs, and like 48 hits. Um, so not just that he's going to get there, but he's going to get there in a pirate uniform. That's going to be pretty cool. Hopefully those milestones will come at PNC Park. But yeah, watching that this year too will be it, it'll be fun. It's going to be so fun. It's been, in my opinion, perfect so far. And you know, I know there's some people that made the argument doesn't move the needle. We know what does it do for you right now. But you know, just just from the perspective of leadership, like you said, of mentoring these guys, I think it was essential that you know you see the videos, the pictures of O'Neill Cruz and Brian Hayes with Andrew McCutcheon. You know, he walks down the line with Derek Shelton today, immediately greets the fans. It's all been phenomenal. And, uh, you know, he will get those milestones uh, throughout the season. You got to hope pretty early on. Uh, but, you know, Marty, this team has still got a lot of really young talent to go along with all the veterans that they brought in here. And one guy, uh, you know, that we've heard a lot about so far, Ronzi Contreras, looks stronger, you know, looks more confident. They, they said they're going to really, you know, Given the reins this year, um, do we expect to see? I guess where do we expect to see him slot into this rotation uh, to start the season? And you know, just kind of talking about his potential, what do you see in Rowan Z. Contreras this season? Yeah, I think one thing I'd really like to see from Rowan Z. Contreras this season, and this was one of my big issues with him spending that time in the minors last year um, after originally being recalled, is he needs to kind of refine his arsenal and what I mean by that is he needs to refine his ability to attack major league hitters, knowing depending on what you threw to them earlier in the bat, what you threw the previous bat, what you can and can't come back to what pitch is working for you when you need the strikeout to go for the strikeout. Cause he's got the stuff. Um, the stuff's not the question with Ronji Contreras. You need him to grow as a pitcher. Um, and watching him grow as a pitcher from the mental aspect of it, from the game planning aspect of it. Um, and I think that's where an Austin Hedges, a Rich Hill, guys like that can be huge. Um, I, I mean, going into the year, I think probably if I had to guess, Mitch Keller gets the ball in opening day. Well, I mean, I think you you almost have to give the ball to Mitch Keller in opening you got day to. to reward yeah. him for the way he turned it around last year. So with Rowanzi, I think it probably goes one or two. Either he takes the ball in game two in Cincinnati – and Rich Hill gets the home opener, or Rich Hill takes the ball for game two in Cincinnati, and Ronzi gets the home opener. But I mean, if you're the Pirates, if all goes according to plan, you're by the end of the year, Ronzi Contreras is anchoring that rotation, right? You're home by the end of the year, he's at ace. Um, he's got the stuff for it. And you just hope that, if, like I said, if all goes according to plan by the year, end of the year, you're looking at Ronzi Contreras setting at the top of that rotation, anchoring it for the next five, six, seven years, maybe beyond. Um, and if that happens and Mitch Keller can build off last season and even one of the three of Quinn Priester, Mike Burrows, or Luis Ortiz uh, come up to the majors and pitch as we expect them to pitch, all of a sudden that rotation's in a pretty good spot. Um, and I know I've said it a bunch this offseason, a big reason why I think this team can make a huge step forward this year in their win-loss record is I think the starting rotation can quietly be pretty damn solid um, and Ronzi Contreras taking that next step of just that attitude on the mound the game planning how to attack hitters him doing that's a big step towards that happening 
There's just so much more depth, too. I mean, there's more guys that you trust. Mitch Keller making the strides that he did, I think, uh, you know, allows us to be able to even say that. And I'm with you. If he's not the opening day starter, then uh, there's something wrong. But by the end of the season, you hope uh, Rowanzi Contreras is that guy. And, you know, you hope Mitch Keller only continues to excel as well. But, um, you know, from the limited media we've seen in spring training, Rowanzi looks really good. And that only means so much. You got to let him get on the major league field. Feel it out, see where he's at. But, uh, you know, it's better. I remember one of my earliest Pirates memories was 2010 <laughs> spring training. I was sitting in the car with my pops, and he was watching a video of Pedro Alvarez. And uh, I just remember him saying, man, Pedro looks fat. He's supposed to be one of our best players. He just looks fat. Spring training, that was not a good sign. This is a good sign. Ronzi looks bigger, stronger, uh, ready to go. Thank God it is not 2010. And we have had some, you know, pretty bad suffering here recently. But we're trying to clear I will say with Ronzi, he definitely has become the first player off. These these are football term, the first player off the bus because oh, yeah. he he looks freaking jacked, man. I don't know, I don't know what that's going to equate to on the mound, but I'm very excited to find out. Yeah, no doubt he uh, he looks Starling Marte jacked from the one season now, but it's natural this time. Going to be a really fun staff to watch, I think. You know, there's a lot of reasons, obviously, to get excited about the lineup. I've sent out the graphic. I forget which platform released it. The graphic of what our lineup is going to look like to so many people that just, you know, relentlessly hate on the Pirates because it's it's okay. You know, this is a lineup that is respectable and is a major league lineup. But the staff, too. You know, it's a lot of guys that I don't think many baseball fans are aware of quite yet. And I don't think many baseball fans realize what they're going to be capable of, um, you know, what you hope that they're capable of from what we've seen so far. Marty, some of the younger guys that you're looking at right now as we get through spring training, you know, maybe a Carmen Majinski, Indy Rodriguez. Which of these youngsters are you most excited to see? One thing I just love about spring training, you know, the fact that we get to see these guys play, um, you know, in pretty much every game. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think he's going to be around in Major League camp for long. Maybe he'll stick around a little bit longer than he normally would because of the World Baseball Classic, but – I'm really excited, even just for a game or two, to watch Tamar Johnson get out there in, in the Grapefruit League um, and hit. Um, and, and as for guys who have been closer to the majors, it's twofold. One, how could you not be excited about these catchers? Um, just all offseason, every publication, all kinds of praise being heaped on them. I, I know that the pirates are toying around with Andy Rodriguez playing other positions. Personally, I'd rather leave Andy back there. I think he's the better defender of the two and let Henry Davis try and learn first base. And if not, just stick him at DH and let him go hit. Um, and some of these young arms, man, like we all already know how electric the stuff is. Mike Burroughs has now that he's trying to add a slider to his repertoire if the spin rate on that can be anywhere near what it is on his fastball and his curveball, man, that's going to be fun. Uh, Luis Ortiz, can he replicate what he did last September when he came out of nowhere and is just setting it 100 as a major league starter? Um, what about Quinn Priest or where is he at? Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You know, some of these young bullpen arms that we're going to see as the year goes on, Kyle Nicholas, an- another pitcher who I think gets overlooked too. I'm not sure he's a starter. I think he might be a bullpen guy long-term. I think he can be a really good bullpen guy. Um, so, yeah, it's just watching these young guys in camp is going to be a lot of fun. And not even just the, I mean, just the, that crew, but how are things going to shake out in this bullpen? I, I mean, one thing that I think is going to be – I don't know if it's going to be fun because it might be extremely painful, but I think one thing that's going to be intriguing to watch is – just the makeup and handling of his bullpen. Um, when your starter gives you a lead, which I think could happen more often than people are going to realize this year, how are you going to get the ball to David Bednar? Cause there it's, it's, it's interesting. Cause there's some intriguing arms in there with some talent, but there's a lot of unproven arms. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of trial by fire for guys this year. And again, it might not necessarily be fun to watch, um, but it's gonna be interesting to watch with this bullpen because I mean, the the eight guys that are gonna start the year in this bullpen, if by like mid to late June, five or six of them are not even on the major league roster anymore, I don't think that would surprise anybody. So again, I I don't know what the results are gonna be from this bullpen, but it's going to be interesting to watch if nothing else. It's you know, that's the one thing you, you really still have a lot of concern with at this point. Um, but it will evolve. It will get better. You got to hope. Um, and, you know, hey, maybe they come out and shock everybody. Uh, that is typically the key if, um, you know, you have a surprise team. It's a surprise bullpen to go along with it. So we'll uh, we'll keep track there. But um could be, you know, it could be tough for the start of it. Uh, but, you know, as we you know continue to talk about what we expect out of some of these youngsters and guys, World Baseball Classic coming up. Some Pirates featured in there, like you said, David Bednar. Excited for a lot of that as well. Uh, but, Marty, you know, what is one thing, I guess, that you're going to be looking for in this first week here as Termar gets his first experience, you know, as some of these younger guys, as Henry Davis continues to come back from injury, um, you know, which guy are you looking at the most here? You're going to be focused on the hardest this first week. I think a couple of things I'll be really interested to watch first week is going to be where are certain guys playing. Do we see Andy Rodriguez at second base? Do we see Andy Rodriguez in the outfield? Um, where do we see Jared Triolo, a very overlooked prospect who, if not for key Brian Hayes, would be your long-term answer at third base because he's, he's won multiple minor league gold gloves at third base. Um, he's played some first base this spring training, and I know – uh, Jason Mackey, the Post-Gazette friend of the podcast, has been beating the Jared Triolo at first base drum for a while. Where do we see him? Uh, Jiwon Bay, where, where I, I think there is definitely a scenario where your your outfield a lot of days is Bay and left, Reynolds in center, and a platoon of Connor Joe and Jack Swinski in right. But do we see Bay also playing the infield? Um, that's what I'm going to be interested to watch a lot of is where are guys playing and guys who are playing different positions, how are they doing there? You know, Bay last year played a lot of outfield in the minors and then in the majors and seemed fine. How does a guy like Triolo adapt the first base? Contrary to popular belief, first base is not easy to play. There's a lot that goes into it with your footwork and with your positioning for catching the ball over there. You can't just take any old slum and throw them at first base and expect it to work. So I, th- I think that's what I'm really going to be sure to watch here these first couple weeks 
in addition to the young guys like Johnson, who we're not going to get to see hang around in Major League Camp long, it's going to be these guys who either are going to break camp with the team or they may not, but we'll probably see them pretty early in the season that they see position flexibility in. Where are they playing at early in spring training? Where do you summon them? Jason Mackey is there he in is. the show here. Jason, how's it going? What's up? How you doing? How's the Florida sunshine treating you? It's it's doing well. Um, or I'm doing well, and it's treating me well, and all that stuff. I'm I'm sorry. I'm late to the party, and I saw no the streammate thing, and we never confirmed a time. And I'm like, all right, I'll just log on here and see if they need me. And you guys were mid conversation, so I feel like I just barged into the room like Kramer. But here I am. <laughs> it's perfect. I just I just I spoke it into existence by mentioning yeah. that you've been beating. Right before you hopped on, I mentioned so Jason Mackey's been beating the Jared Triola to first base drum, and sure enough, there he I is. No, <laughs> if that if that is my brand, I am all for it because Tree was over there again today, and I love seeing it, man. Like I think if he can hit, he's going to be such a good first baseman. He really is. Like I don't know if Nunez is the guy over there. Maybe he is. I've I've yet to see Endy do anything at first base. Um, I have my doubts over there, whether that's going to be a position for him, but boy, Triolo could be, he could be absolutely fantastic. Yeah, no doubt. And Jason, you know, you've really had great coverage this week as always, uh, you know, following the early days of spring training here. What has the energy level been like? Obviously Andrew McCutcheon is back. You have a lot of youngsters, the veterans, you know, showing the ropes as well. What's that energy level been like so far? I've done a lot of these. Well, no, Actually, I haven't done that many, but for me, it feels like a lot. And I've done a few of these where it's been sort of just mum, awkward, weird, young, something or like, you know, you could just tell the Pirates were in a situation where they needed some older players. They needed some buzz. Um, they needed like a, a feeling of confidence. And I feel like that's there. Like there's a feeling that this team can actually compete. Not that this team's going to go, you know, knock teams out of its way in the NL Central. But I do think there's a feeling that the Pirates are not going to stink, um, that we're going to see some positive things. I think it's really cool in the clubhouse. There is in the one corner, you have G-Man Choi, Carlos Santana, Andrew McCutcheon. Across from them, O'Neill Cruz, Rodolfo Castro. Like, obviously, you're, you're grouped pitchers on one side, position players on the other. But you can just kind of go right down the line. Like Austin Hedges has his locker in a corner, and there's almost always, if he's there, like pitchers, catchers, somebody around, and he's like talking, holding court. Um, you've got Brian Reynolds a little further. Key Brian Hayes is in that first cluster. Um, a little further down, you've got like Brian Reynolds next to Jack Sawinski. They've spent a lot of time together. And I just – there's been a really cool feeling around this group. And I don't, I don't think it's just Kutch. It's not just one guy. It's, it's guys who have played baseball before, who have played baseball well, um, and I think there's just sort of a, a calming element that has not necessarily existed with them. That's second baseman, Andrew McCutcheon, you're referring to there. Uh, second no. baseman, Andrew McCutcheon. Absolutely. As soon as I took that picture, it was like 15 seconds later, he went to the outfield. But... <laughs> Ruin. Still <laughs> cool. Versatile, versatile <laughs> player there in McCutcheon. Yeah. Uh, you know, you mentioned that Brian Reynolds talking to Jack Swinsky, I'm sure mentoring a lot of these guys. Has there been any kind of feeling – um, you know, has it been weird at all, I guess, with everything going on with, uh, you know, the discussions with what he had to say last week? Has, has it been weird at all? Not at all. Not at all. Um, it's a topic of conversation. Um, it's a topic of conversation for me because 
I'm just interested in it. And I think fans are interested in it and I'm an extension of the fans. I feel like, you know, with asking questions and covering angles, but for those on that side of the fence, meaning Reynolds, players, coaches, whatever, like it's not a concern. I mean, it, it never has been a concern. Like they expect him to show up, to do his job, to play well. Um, and they still expect all of those things. So um, no, it's, it's not been a topic of conversation at all. Uh, kind of laughed with Reynolds about it. I don't know if it was yesterday morning, day before. I just wanted to get a fresh take because I, I do have a feeling that the Pirates are going to circle back to Reynolds and have some additional conversations, as they should. Um, but I just, you know, did anything happen yet? He said, not yet. Um, taking his temperature on whether he wants that, and I really do think he does. Um, you know, I think at the end of the day, he wants a decision that's going to, you know, he wants something that's going to force him into a decision. And the Pirates haven't gotten there yet. Um, but you know, guys, I look, I look at this contract and I'm sure you guys have talked about it on here, but you know, whether we're going more money the same years or, or maybe, I don't know, a little, little less money, but more year, whatever, like there's some wiggle room here. And I really hope that the two of them explore it. And I think Reynolds would be willing to give a little bit. And I think the pirates would be willing to give a little bit. Yeah. You know, and it's, been very professional. This has not been a dramatic back and forth really at all. Yeah, Brian Reynolds loves Pittsburgh, would love to play in Pittsburgh, like he said last week. Yeah. You're around it all the time, Jason. You know, the time frame on this, I guess, and, and ultimately, realistically, in your opinion, where does this stand? Are the Pirates, have they made up their mind yet? Um, you know, and what would that deal look like? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to say they've made up their mind. Um, I think the best way to put it is, like, do I expect them to revisit this? Yes. Um, what would that deal look like? To me, six or seven years and 100 million in that range between 100 and 110. If you have to go up to get it done, I think they'd be okay with that. Um, I think the eight years doesn't necessarily work. I think there's a concern about having somebody who would be 36 at the end of that deal. Um, you know, and I, I don't know. I, I, maybe this is news breaking. I don't, I don't know. It's something that I after talking to people sort of um, one thing that I believe or I assume to be true, or I have enough Intel going in there that like, I don't doubt it. Like, I do think they would like to find something here. Like, I think it benefits them. Um, I don't think they want to do, you know, they don't want to do eight and one thirty-four, And that's what Reynolds has wanted. Clearly we don't have a deal, um, but would they do less than that? Would they do fewer years, fewer dollars? Yeah, I think, I think they would. Um, and I think it would behoove them to do that in the next couple of weeks. I think it would send an important message to the fan base. Um, I don't have a great sense for how far below eight and one thirty four Reynolds would be willing to go, but I think there would be a conversation to be had if they upped their current offer. Um, and so anyway, I, I hope to hear more or break more or get more information or whatever, like in those discussions in the next coming weeks, because I do think that's a time frame, you know, like, Inside of two, three weeks, I would not be surprised if we learned more. Yeah, you know, I don't remember if it was when Reynolds first got got to Bradenton and was talking to media or when you spoke to me yesterday, but I, I just remember someone in the last few days he had the comment of I just want something that's fair for player and team. Yeah. And I think that builds that was right the first day. That was his first day yeah. comments. Yep. I, I think that builds right into what you're saying. Like, hey, I want this. You offered me this, but there's a middle ground there somewhere. Yep. that both sides should be able to agree on. And I mean, when we, we talked about it for you hopped on, I said, you know, similar to what you said, seven years, 110, 115, 
somewhere in that ballpark, Pirates could undoubtedly do that if they really wanted to. And like you said, that's probably something that Reynolds would seriously consider because he has said and shown repeatedly that trade request aside, he does like it here. He would like to be here. So, and obviously that's always going to work into your favor as a team when you're trying to get something like this done when the player does genuinely enjoy being in the city and around the organization. Yeah, and it's been an odd um, line of communication, lines of communication between the two sides, I think. And that, that's just my opinion from observing both of it. Like from the Reynolds side, you've got the trade request that I don't think was necessarily the most productive thing. I think his camp probably thought that was going to deliver more leverage than it actually did. Um, and I think from Reynolds' side, like he's looking at this and the way the Pirates have sort of made their offers to him or the way those discussions are gone, I think he has felt like it was a little bit more take it or leave it than maybe it really was. Like I think that door was still open or th th there was an opportunity to still talk. Um, but I, I think that's me looking at it in hindsight or Monday morning quarterbacking it. Like in the moment – I don't think that was necessarily the perception that Reynolds has. So, I mean, I, I look at this and think probably all around the communication could have been better, um, but nothing has happened. The ship has not sailed. He's still very much under contract. He's still very much a good player. Um, it still behooves them to get something done with him. I think I, I understand why people might not want the eight year thing, but I mean, you do six and a hundred. Is anybody really going to be upset about that? Like, I, I don't see that being an issue. I don't see that being an issue for the team, for fans, for Reynolds. Like, that gets Reynolds into free agency again at 34. I mean, that's not terrible. And if things are going well here, re-up them for two. So what? If you want to keep playing here and you're a productive player, why would the Pirates turn down, you know, continued fixed labor? That doesn't make any sense. So, anyway, um, you know, $100 million, pretty darn good uh, assurance. So, anyway. I, I do think there's just, I don't know, the general way of saying is I think there's room to have more conversations. Yeah, no doubt. And you hope it continues here. I don't think $100 million would hurt the Reynolds family at all. And it's just such a perfect fit. You know, a guy that has meant a lot to the city through some tough times these last few seasons. Uh, and you hope that continues into the future here. Let's shift gears, Jason. Uh, I think you might have heard it when you first jumped on here. Kind of talking about some of these younger guys. Who has yeah. stuck out to you so far, and who are you most excited to see get into action this weekend? Yeah, I, some of the pitchers are really impressive. Um, they're not younger guys, but like Johan Oviedo is somebody I think about when I'm really eager to see them perform in games. Um, if I go really young, though, I mean, I'm looking at uh, Mike Burroughs, Quinn Priester, Colin Selby, um, even Luis Ortiz you know, sort of that second cut of arms where their rotation's fairly set, but they've got some electric arms coming this season. I mean, those are all guys that are going to play and be up with the big club. Um, you know, position player wise, I'm trying to go a little bit more off the grid, like young guys, you're not going to have me citing O'Neill Cruz. Um, I like the Tamar Johnson angle. Um, Triolo is probably still not enough of a deep, deep cut. Um, G1 Bay is somebody that I think can really impact this year's team um, hitting with more power. I think he's going to be a lot of fun. Like I think he's going to be somebody that you just can't keep out of the lineup. Like, he gets on base, creates runs. It's fun to watch. Um, I don't know if Castro wins the second base job, but I don't think Bay goes without a fight. That's going to be interesting to me. Um, Nicky Gonzalez. I'm not sure. I was, I was 
sort of watching him for an extended period today thinking like, I think this kid can be a really good player. He hasn't really generated a lot of buzz so far. Um, and so I get why people are kind of down on him, but he's due a breakout. You know, he's going to have a good stretch at one point, and then we're going to start talking about him more as a prospect. And, you know, he was kind of overmatched initially in his first spring training action. I'll be interested to see what he does this time. So one thing I'm curious to get your take on, you you mentioned the rotation and being pretty well set. Um, I I mentioned on Twitter a few days ago where I'm already prepared to be frustrated when Oviedo starts the year in the rotation in Indianapolis while Brubaker and Velasquez are both making starts. Well, um, when both of them are, I think we'd all agree, are probably best suited in a bullpen role. Um, I just guess I'm asking, in your opinion, should, should my hair be worried that it's going to be getting uh, yanked whenever this team sets its roster when it heads to Cincinnati at the end of March? Marty, I, I understand where you're coming from, and you're not wrong, but I don't know how you put Oviedo anywhere but in the starting rotation. For Major I'm Rangers. with you. That's how I feel. I mean, he's throwing 98 with, like, multiple breaking pitches, theoretically good control. Um, I would, to me, the transition from starter to reliever at this point for Brubaker would just be abrupt and strange. Like he's working on two more pitches this off season. Like, I feel like he's got an opportunity to try these out. And they said Velasquez is in the rotation. So like, I just don't see those guys being bumped. Where does that leave you? Probably with a six man. It's going to be tough in the first month of the season. I know we've talked about this. Um, You know, maybe you piggyback guys and that's how they do it. Maybe that's a way to transition brew to more of a relief role to have them go only two times through. I don't know. Um, You know, obviously you're not going to move Hill, Rowe, Keller. Like those are your horses. Um, Yeah, it's, it's weird. And it's one of those things that I keep coming back to this. Not like you should plan for an injury or, you know, hope for an injury or something like that. It's just in the history of baseball, when there's been talks about, oh, we have so many pitchers and not enough spots, like something always happens. Tends to work itself out. Always happens. So if we get to game one and they have six guys for five spots or it's unnatural to manage a six-man rotation, cross that bridge. But I'll be willing to bet we don't get to it. Yeah, and that's something I've thought too. those, Those things tend to work themselves out regardless of how it is, but yeah, it's just, and I think one thing too, with Oviedo, even the stuff aside, you look at what he did last year with the pirates. I get it was only seven starts, but he looked really good. He had one shoddy start against a really, really good blue Jay lineup. And outside of that was pretty dang solid in September. And I think that's got to carry some weight. And even, I know he had struggled at times out of the rotation for the Cardinals, but I think there's a pretty strong argument to be made that, that 2020 season, the Cardinals did not handle him well with the no, lack of minor leagues and having him at the training site and up and down and back and forth. And just, and that's the kind of thing that can stun a guy for a year or two. That's so, what I want them to do with him so bad is just put him in the rotation and keep him there. Yep. Like sometimes the results might not be there. He's going to have bad starts. That's okay. He's a young kid. He's got a great head on his shoulders. He has all the physical ability in the world. Let him learn from it. Mm-hmm. Let him, let him learn from it. It's okay. Yeah, um, you know, if he has eight you're gonna in a row, then act okay, but yeah, you know, not one. Yeah, because one other thing I mentioned earlier in the show was with that was one of the things that frustrated me last year with Contreras 
where it was so clear what he needed most was to be facing major league batters to improve on the game plan aspect of things, knowing how to attack batters, when to throw certain pitches. And you're only going to learn that stuff from starting major league ball games, going down to triple a and going six scoreless every start isn't going to do you any good at a certain point. And I feel like Oviedo is at that point. Yeah. He has nothing left to prove. He really doesn't. And it's a weird thing to manage. I certainly get that. You know, Mitch is going to make his starts. Rose going to make his starts. You've got off days in April and it's not the easiest thing, but like, does Rich Hill need to be going every fifth day or could he go every sixth? He could probably be fine going every sixth. You know, you don't want to put a ton of miles on Rowe's arm if you don't have to. Okay, so don't. You know, I just – if maybe they can come up with a piggyback solution, I can see that working. Um, but I just – I don't know. Maybe the answer, too, is to put Velasquez in the bullpen. Maybe if he pitches poorly, that's what they do, but – I don't know. It's a lot of money for a reliever too, at least in Pirates land. What do they yes, sign? In, in the Pirates territory, yeah. You know, they probably want him to start and give him a chance to start. So I don't know. It'll be interesting, but I, I really, I don't want to see Oviedo in the minors either. The, the one nice thing I will say though, that goes into this and this, this is a situation that the Pirates haven't been in in quite a while where it is spring training and we're discussing like six legitimate major league yeah. quality starting pitchers, not, Oh, well, we got three guys we feel good about, and then we're going to throw stuff against the wall and see what sticks. So th- yep. that alone is a, definitely a positive change over recent years. I mean, the only thing with Oviedo that they could possibly do is get creative with his options or, you know, get creative optioning him up and down. Now it's yeah. what capped at five now. Um, what are you going to do when you are? I mean, you're clearing a spot, but he's still going to theoretically have to pitch. You want him to have some sort of routine. We're talking about like the stop start nature. So I don't I don't know. I don't I don't know what the answer is there, but I guess if you have to manage it, you can, you know, have them start two in the majors, go down to the minors, buy yourself a little time. If Hill gets traded, there's gonna be some space there. If you look at a two-month sample, clearly somebody's gonna get hurt and you can bring them back. But I don't know. Again, I try to rein myself back in at that point because I do think we're kind of far down the line with that. Yeah, perfect world. Everybody's healthy. You have six legitimate guys, and you know you're forced to the tough decision there. But we talked about it earlier: three point nine percent chance on Fangraphs to make the playoffs. This season can still be a trial run for some things, and you know you can let guys like Oviedo get those starts, uh, even if it's not going as well as you might hope at the beginning. Uh, but you know it's going to be so fun to watch how this rotation continues to evolve. You know what it looks like for the first few months here. Uh, Jason, as we begin to wrap it up, what is one thing that you're excited to cover, excited to write about coming up these next few weeks? Oh, boy, Trey, one thing. Can I go back to the Reynolds extension? Can I get (laughs) a freebie? I want to see that happen. Um, I would either go with that or if I have to pick something new, I'm going to just go with first base um, to watch Choi, Santana, Malcolm Nunez is a monster, by the way. I don't know how much you guys are aware of this. I was not um, seeing him in person. Holy goodness, is this man large. Um, And to see what he does in games. If he connects on balls, he has so much power. Um, So I'm going to say, if I I can't say having Reynolds get extended, I'm going to say what source of offense is going to emerge from first base. 
Yeah, that St. Louis trade just continues uh, to get us excited, and it's early, but um, you know, you look at some of those pieces. It it was great. I don't hate it. I li- I like that trade a lot. I miss Quintana, but if you if you tell me like they had we had to give up a little bit of Quintana, but we got back Nunez and Oviedo. Okay with it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like even if Oviedo doesn't hit as a starter, I feel very confident saying he's going to be a lights out reliever, worst case scenario. Yeah. And giving up, you know, two, three months of a guy when you're completely out of contention for that is still a pretty big win. Yeah. And I said we. I don't know why I said we. I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> now I put my hat on crooked. Having a conversation. <laughs> You've had a long day, man, and we appreciate all your coverage. <laughs> Pittsburgh Post Gazette, guys. J.M. Mackey at PG. I'm, I'm messing up the Twitter here. J. Mackey PG. You got it. Twitter? You nailed it. You nailed it, brother. Excellent. Excellent. Jason, I know you're a foodie as well. What is your no, favorite? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you have a suggestion in Bradenton for the fans traveling to spring training, any yeah. I'm a, I'm a foodie, but I'm not a, a, a snob. We went to uh, Joey D's Chicago-style pizzeria tonight, oddly enough. Really good pizza place. I should have list, put it in my list. Um, went to Pier 22 last night. That was on my list. The Ugly Grouper before that, also on my list. Um, O'Bricks in downtown Bradenton is very good. Motorworks is a place uh, right by Lecom. I omitted that. Tide Tables is one of my favorites. I have not been down there yet but right on the water gorgeous place but anyway i could and, and i guess my italian place in the bradenton area thing that i wrote about uh primo by our old uh, house in sarasota closed so r.i.p that place it was awesome but uh yeah i love me some bradenton guys i've i've fallen in love with this area it is so fun when are you down you oh, are, right? yeah, jason if uh you know if you can hook us up with the plane tickets and maybe yeah, this uh, is the like city sorry <laughs> sorry I, I, I had in my head that you guys were coming down for something. No, not this year. Oh, the, the plan is next year, this year with the kids and the schedules. And it's just that unfortunately, I hear you. It's not I pan out, but uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully next year I plan on making it down. Okay. It would have been good. Mark. We got our hundredth episode coming up. This is 99 and a half Jason. So that would have been, uh, that would have yeah. been fitting there, but yeah, next year. We'll, uh, we'll get it all together, but hope awesome. that the rest of your, your stay in Bradenton is excellent. Your travels are safe back, back to Pittsburgh. Like I said, guys, Jay Mackey PG, follow his coverage at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Jason, thank you so much, as always, for joining the show. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Have a good night. Good. Thank you very much. You guys, go check out rumbunter.com while you're at it. And be sure to follow us on Rumbunter. Until next time, for Marty Leap, my name is Trey Yannity. Thank you for joining episode number 99 and a half of Rum Buncher Radio. Have a great rest of the week, everybody, and let's go Bucks. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.